Amen. Amen. Well, come on. Can we take that glory and can we give it to our God on this morning? Come on. Can we thank our God? Amen. Amen. Listen, I'm so excited and honored to uh, be able to come and hang out with y'all. Uh, this is how I wanted to start my week, uh, worshiping God with you all. So uh, thank y'all for letting a uh, Baptist-born uh, little black boy from Little Rock, Arkansas, come and hang out with y'all on this, on, this, on this Monday morning and worship Jesus. Amen? Amen. Listen, I'm, I'm so grateful. Uh, can we celebrate uh, one of your leaders? He's my friend. He's my brother, uh, Joshua. Can we celebrate him? Amen. Uh, listen, I've learned the value of, of friendship in my uh, lifetime. And so when God sends uh, people in your life who love Jesus and who love you and who just want to see you win, you ought to always make sure you honor them. Amen. 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 All right. Listen, uh, they, sold, they told me in my little sheet I had 20 uh, minutes. I see 22 on there. I see 22 minutes on there. So I want to maximize this moment and, and every time that we have. So y'all put a black preacher on the clock, 20 minutes. And so that's I'm a, I'm a, uh, 27. Oh, that's even better. Oh, we're going to take our time today. 27 minutes, uh, 27 minutes. So listen, do me a favor. Get your Bible in your hand and uh, let's go together to the book of Acts, Acts chapter 9, Acts chapter 9. Um, and I want to read uh, verses 10 and through 18 into your hearing today. Acts chapter 9, verses 10 uh, through 18. And listen, I tell my church all the time uh, that I would love to just pastor a church that knows how to shout just on the Bible. Um, just on reading the Bible. So listen, if, you, if, if y'all act right, by the time we read, and I might be done preaching, and we, 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 we'll just see. Acts chapter 9, verses 10 through 18. This is how it reads in my Bible. It says this. It says, Now there was a disciple at Damascus whose name was Ananias. And the Lord said to him in a vision, Ananias, and he said, Here I am, Lord. And the Lord said to him, Rise and go to the street called Straight. And at the house of Judas, look for a man of Tarsus named Saul, for behold, he is praying and he has seen in a vision a man named Ananias come in and lay his hands on him so that he might regain his sight. But Ananias answered and said, Lord, I've heard from many about this man, how much evil he has done to your saints at Jerusalem. And here he even has the authority from the chief priest to bind all who call on your name. But the Lord said to him, go, for he is my chosen instrument to carry my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. And for I will show him how much he must suffer for the sake of my name. And so Ananias departed and entered into the house and laying his hands on him, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road by which you came, has sent me so that you may regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And immediately something like scales fell from his eyes and he regained his sight. And then he rose and was baptized and taking food, he was then strengthened. I want to preach today with the Lord's help in your prayers from this thought. I want, to, I want to hopefully encourage you with this idea. Um, let God confirm you. Look at somebody and encourage them. Say, let God confirm you. Let God confirm you. Can I pray for a moment? Consecrate me, O Father, to thy service by the power of grace divine. Let my soul look up with a steadfast hope in you 
and let my will be lost in yours. Father, get the glory out of this moment. In the strong and sufficient name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Let, let God um, confirm you. It, it's what's known as a confirmation hearing. Perhaps you've, you've heard that term before here in, in our country, in, in America. It's when a certain committee in the government gets together and they then uh, review, if you will, someone that the president has nominated to occupy a certain position. They examine that person's background. They're going to um, examine their constitutional positions. They're going to examine their work experience. And all of this is going to find its culmination in this committee recommending rather this candidate should be confirmed for this position or not. The truth is, y'all, it's often a formality in our, in our, our political system, but the, in a real sense, it's designed for people to confirm the one that the president has called. And I think that's a useful tool in our government. It's even a responsible thing for us perhaps to do in a democracy, but I thank God that it isn't how it works in the kingdom of God. The reality is, in the kingdom of God, uh, it's the king who confirms the one that they called. It's not up to other people to confirm or whether or not you are called by God, not up to other people to confirm whether or not you've been anointed by God. In the good news is, brothers and sisters, in the kingdom of God, it's the king who confirms the one that's been called. And I think that's something we can glean even from our text today. Our text centers around a man you perhaps have heard about. His name is Saul. We will later on primarily recognize him as, as Paul. He's the one that wrote, you know, much of that New Testament, though much of those 27 uh, chapters or books, rather, of the New Testament. You guys have perhaps heard about Paul. He's the responsible for giving us such words as, and we know that all things work together for the good of the Lord and are called according to his purposes. He, he gave us things like, and my God shall supply every one of my needs according to his riches and glory. I thought I had some Bible scholars in here, y'all. Y'all, y'all have heard about old Paul. Our story really centers around him and his conversion stories. What happens is one day Saul, who was a Jewish religious leader, if you will, he's on his way, in fact, to go and to persecute Christians. He has not had an encounter yet with Jesus. And in fact, he is on the other side of what it means to be a follower. He goes to persecute other Christians, y'all. And he's on his way when all of a sudden as he's riding down the road, he's blinded by a light. It's not just a light, it's the light. He's, he's blinded by the light, y'all. He has an encounter with the sun, not the S-U-N, but the S-O-N. And when he has this encounter with the sun, y'all, the sun, he raises the question to him. He says, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Now, I got to pull over and say that this was an interesting question to him because first is, his first thought is, who are you? He says, I am Jesus. And then all of a sudden he says, he's got this ideal in his head. How am I persecuting you? Well, it's because he was persecuting God's church. You do know to persecute the Lord's church is to persecute Jesus himself. That's what Saul has this encounter with Jesus. And then all of a sudden he recognizes the sovereignty of who Christ is. He recognizes that Jesus is, in fact, the resurrected king and that he is all of the things that Saul has perhaps heard about. And then the Bible says something interesting happens after he has this encounter with Jesus. He then gets up from the road. The light has gone away, but he's blind. 
God has taken away his sight because he was trying to give him some insight into who he was. Because sometimes God has to cut off your vision so he can show you who he really is. So he takes away his sight so that he can give him insight into who he really is. And then the Bible says that Saul, Paul, he goes on to, his, to Damascus and he's going to sit there for three days. And then Luke does something interesting as he's penning this, this narrative. He then almost in split screen action moves to something that seems like an interruption into the story. He brings in this character that we have not previously heard about, a man by the name of Ananias. He, come, he shows up to him. Jesus shows up to Ananias in a vision and he says, I've got this person, this person I've called, this person that's been changed. His name is Saul. And what I am calling for you to do is to go to him and to confirm all of what I have already shown him about who I am going to make him to be. Um, I, I like this, y'all. I'm going I'm to I'm cut across the field because I, I, I feel the tension of what y'all are, y'all are, of what y'all are probably feeling. You want to go to lunch. So let me cut across the field and, and say it to you like this, y'all. I like this because the reality is, though it seems like a random encounter with Ananias, the reality is God is going to use Ananias not only to help convert Paul, but to offer a confirmation of the convert of the conversion and the calling that God has placed on his life. The good news is that while God was calling Paul, he was confirming that call is through Ananias. And so what that teaches you and our brothers and sisters, it teaches us this reality that God will confirm the calling on your life to others and through others. That's good news right there, y'all. That's the whole text right there, is that God will confirm the calling on your life to others and through others. So do you know what that means? That means that, the, that you don't have to walk around trying to confirm yourself. You don't have to walk around trying to convince people that what, of what God has called you to do. You don't have to try to walk around and show people how anointed you are or how special you are. You ain't got to prove yourself to anybody. The good news is God God will confirm you. That's what I came to tell somebody in here today, that you can take that burden off of your shoulders of having to prove yourself to other people or prove the vision that God has given you or prove the anointing that he's placed on your life. You can take the burden off of yourself of having to prove to other people what occupation you should go into or what decisions you are making as you progress in this life. You can walk in the assurance that if God called you to it, he will show other people that it's exactly what he called you to do. That's, that's, that's what we can learn from this text, brothers and sisters, is that God will confirm those who he has called. And when I say called, I'm not just talking about a call to preach. I'm not just talking about those called to prophecy. I'm not just talking about those called to, to minister or to go on mission trip, if you will. I'm talking about those who are called to be in the classroom. I'm talking about those who are called to infiltrate corporate America for Jesus. I'm talking about those who are called to set up nonprofits for the glory of God. I'm saying whatever God has called you to, you can trust he's going to confirm it to other people. So what does that look like? What does that mean that God is going to confirm it to other people? I need to share with you a couple of, couple of evidences of how God will confirm the calling that he's placed on your life, and then I'll let you go, and you can, you can go to lunch, and you can go to class. Can I show it to you in the text, these confirmations that God gives through Ananias? First of all, the Bible tells us, or it shows us the reality that when God confirms you, he will say to others what he has shown to you. 
I'm not, I'm not making it up. It's, it's, it's right here in, in the text. Um, he, he says, at Jesus says to Ananias, um, he says to him, rise and go to the street called Straight. And at the house of Judas, look for a man named Tarsus, for behold, he is praying and he has seen a vision of a man named Ananias come in and lay his hands on him so that he might regain his sight. The Bible tells us that when Saul is praying, when he's dealing with the fact that he's been blinded by the light that is Jesus Christ, the Bible says that God speaks to Saul and he tells him that you are blind right now, but you're going to regain your sight and then I'm going to use you for my my glory. And he even goes so far as to say that there's going to be a man named Ananias who's going to come and lay his hands on you. And at the same time that God is showing Saul this, he's speaking it to Ananias. Do y'all see it there in the text? He's saying to someone else what he has already shown to him. Let me cut across the field and say it to you like this, brothers and sisters. The good news is you can trust that God is speaking to other people's the visions he's given you. It means that it may seem like it's just in your head or it's just in your journal, but the good news is God is putting your name in rooms that you've never even entered into. God is speaking and confirming that you are the one to fulfill that assignment, to, to meet that need, to help that organization, and you haven't even stepped into the room yet. And so you don't have to walk around worrying about how, how I got to prove myself or is my resume tight enough or is my background tight enough. No, you can trust that God is saying to others what he's already shown you. He, 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 he's saying to other people that, that, that they, need a, they need a good youth leader. He's saying to other people that they need a good accountant in their finance department. He's saying to other people that they need somebody to come in and give them innovative ideas to push the corporation forward. He's already put your name in the rooms that you've never even entered into. He, he's saying to others what he's showing to, to Saul. But not only that, when God confirms you, not only will he say to others what he's already shown to you. Here's the other good thing. Um, he'll reestablish your reputation. Um, I need you to note, watch this. Um, note what Ananias says when God tells him to go and touch his servant by the name of Saul. He says, mm, Saul, I heard of him. His reputation precedes him. You mean Saul, the one who was... Uh, in on killing old Deacon Stephen? You mean Saul? The one who's got papers, permission from the high council in Jerusalem to kill other Christians. You mean that Saul? Um, Jesus is like, yeah, that's the one I'm talking about. Note, note his reputation precedes him, but note what Jesus is going to say to Ananias. He's going to say, yes, that's Saul, but he's still my chosen instrument. Um, I like this because here's the thing. Um, Saul's perspective or rather Ananias' perspective of Saul was not incorrect, but it was incomplete. Mm -hmm. Lean in. <laughs> His perspective of Saul was not incorrect. Saul indeed was guilty of persecuting the church. He was indeed guilty of throwing men and women in jail who followed Jesus. He was indeed guilty of participating even in the murder of Deacon Stephen, y'all. He was guilty of all of these things. That wasn't incorrect, but it was incomplete. Because he was all of those things, but Jesus said, he's still my chosen instrument. 
I like it, y'all. Let, let me tell you. Let me tell you why it shouts me. It shouts me because here's the good news, or here's the reality, brothers and sisters. What some people might perceive about you is totally incorrect. Come on, talk back to me in here. Lean in. It's not, it's not totally incorrect. You, you, you do have a sketchy background. You have done some things that you're not particularly proud of. You have said some things that perhaps don't glorify God. It's not completely incorrect, but you can still stand and testify. I'm still God's chosen instrument. God still has his hand on my life. God still called me out of the darkness into the marvelous light. God still wants to use me for his glory. And so you can tell other people, yeah, what you knew about me, even what you know about me, it might not be incorrect, but it is incomplete because I'm still God's chosen instrument. Huh, I like it, y'all, because I'm sure that would have been a concern of Saul. He probably would have been worried about what everybody was going to say about him. He probably was going to be worried about what everybody's going to think about him. This person that was killing Christians now is a follower of the way. But God speaks to Hananias. He says, listen, he's still my chosen instrument. He's still the one I'm choosing for my glory to go and to spread the gospel. And y'all, that's your testimony. Does not matter what you've done or where you've come from. You're still God's chosen instrument. He's still got his hand on your life. You are still anointed to walk out to walk out what it means to be a follower of Jesus before the rest of the world. Huh? He I like it, y'all. When God confirms you, huh, he'll show he'll say to others what he's shown to you. He'll reestablish your reputation. But let me let me give you this other thing. Here it is. When God confirms you, he'll give clarity about the extent of your calling. See it in the text. I'm not making it up. Verse 15. But the Lord said to him. Go, for he is a chosen instrument of mine. Watch this. To do what? To carry my name before the Gentiles and the kings and the children of Israel. And then I'll I'll show him how much he must suffer for the sake of my name. Note that God speaks to Ananias and even gives clarity to the calling that's on Saul's life. That what Saul is going to be responsible for doing is that he is going to be one who takes the gospel to Gentiles, people that weren't of ethnic Jewish heritage. He's going to take the gospel even before kings and before rulers, y'all. He's going to take the gospel to the world. I like this, y'all, because when Ananias then gets to go and encounter Saul, he gets to tell him something about his calling he didn't even know yet. He, he, he gets to tell him something that God has shown him about the places that he's going to take him. And can I suggest to you, brothers and sisters, that God will confirm who you are called to be to others and through others. And other people will have insight into what God wants to do in your life that you don't even see yet. They'll speak words over your life that you hadn't even imagined yet. They'll show you that there's more in you than you could have ever dreamed or even hoped for. They'll push you further than you ever thought you would. Uh, um, my, my grandmother, um, she lives in Dardanelle, Arkansas, uh, and, and, and Riri is what I call her, and I love Riri. Um, I, I remember when I told Riri I was called to preach, and, and when I began to walk out in my calling and all those things like that, and I just wanted to be, I just wanted to be a faithful preacher. I was just thinking, I, I just want to be a faithful preacher, and I, I never forget, Riri said, baby, I'm going to see you on TV one day. I said, well, you know, Grandma, I, you know, I'm, not, I'm not trying to be on TV or nothing. I'm literally just trying to... Walk out my calling, Riri. I just, I just want to be faithful. But for Riri, that was her dream. She wanted to see me on TV. And she, she just she felt like, baby, that's what you're going to do. God is going to put you on the screen sometimes. And, and that's what Riri saw in me. And I never saw it in myself. I would have never imagined that years later 
God would have taken me to places where I would have stood on platforms where I was on TV. And never would have imagined that technology would have advanced so far that every preacher's on the screen now. In fact, we're, we're all on TV now. Never would have imagined that. But I got to say, y'all, when my grandma used to say it to me, I never saw it myself, but God has shown her something I didn't see yet. That God had more for my life than I could have ever imagined. Can I tell you, God has more for your life than you can even imagine or dream of. I know you think that your plans are big, but they are in fact so small that they don't even compare to the grandness of what God wants to do in your life. God has more for you, brothers and sisters, that that he can do more than I ask or think or even imagine, y'all. That's what God has for your life. (laughs) I'm I'm almost done when, when God confirms you. He'll, he'll say to others what he's shown you. When God confirms you, he'll reestablish your reputation. When God confirms you, um, he'll give clarity even to the extent of the calling on your life. But here's the good news. Here's the best part of this. When God confirms you, um, he'll give you the strength you need for the assignment. Here it is. I'm not making it up. It's in the text. <laughs> So Ananias departed, entered the house, laying his hands on him. He said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road by which you came, he's sent me so that you might regain your sight, watch this, and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Huh. Then the Bible says immediately something like scales fell from his eyes and he regained his sight. Then he rose, was baptized, took his food, and he was strengthened. I like it. Because the Bible says that when Ananias encounters Saul, lays hands on him, there's a filling of the Holy Spirit in Saul's life. Then Saul, he sheds the affliction of not having his sight anymore, and he puts on the strength that the Spirit gives him to go and to carry out what God has called him to do. I like it, y'all. The reason you can trust God to confirm you and what you can know God will do is he will give you his spirit. He will give you the strength for the assignment that one of the greatest confirmations of calling is not the applause of people. It's the power from God. It's the power to keep on walking in your anointing. The power to keep on serving even when you get tired. The power to keep on preaching even when people don't want to listen. The the power to get up and keep serving in a place even when you don't feel like you're making a dent or making any traction. The power to keep on studying when you get tired of it, y'all. The the power to keep on going to class when you want to throw in the towel, y'all. The power to keep going. And that's not just the power that you have. That's not willpower. That's not mental power. That's Holy Ghost power. That's, That's power that comes from God. God. He'll strengthen you with what you need to keep on walking in your assignments. I, I, I'm done. I got, I, got, I got 20 seconds on me. Um, my, I'm, my God, God um, he'll, he'll, he'll confirm you. Um, you don't have to confirm yourself. You, you don't have to prove to other people you're anointed. You don't have to rely on other people to, to show you that you're gifted. You, you can walk in the reality that God will confirm you to others and through other people. Uh, uh, my, my wife and I, we've been married um, uh, almost eight years now. We've been married almost eight years. Yeah, she's fine too, y'all. She is. She, <laughs> oh, she a baddie. Oh. Uh, Bring me back, Holy Jesus. She's a baddie. She, she's a baddie. I ain't got three kids for nothing. She's a baddie, y'all. I just, uh, she's a baddie. My wife and I, my wife and I, my wife and I, 
We, my wife and I, we've been married for three years. We've been married for eight years. We've been married for eight years. We've been married for eight years. And, uh, and, and for our five-year anniversary, for our five-year anniversary, um, uh, we, we went on a vacation. We went, on a, we went to a Sandals Resort. Sandals Resort, it's an all-inclusive uh, vacation, all-inclusive spot. Everything's included, food, everything. We went, we went to a Sandals Resort, and, and when we got there, we were met by a concierge service. We were, we were met by this butler service, and, and they said, tell us everything you want to do. And we said, well, we want to go to this restaurant, and, and, and we want to hang out on the beach, and we, we don't want to have to move. We will love pizza brought to us and all the things like that. And, and, and one day, the concierge service said, well, do you guys want to eat anywhere tonight? We said, yeah, we want to try this, this one restaurant. So he said, no, no problem. Don't worry about it. Are you sure you're going to go? And I said, yes, we're going to this restaurant. So then the, the concierge, uh, uh, he, he, he called the restaurant. He made the reservation on our behalf. But what we were finding out from other people was that every now and again, you would need to call and confirm your reservation just to make sure that they held your spot. But so we, we didn't do it. We fell asleep. We forgot to do it. And we said, well, let's just go anyway. Hopefully they've got a table for us. We get to the restaurant and we say, well, we didn't call to confirm the reservation, but we are here. Do you have a table? They said, no, 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 no. Don't worry about it. Your butler, concierge service, he confirmed the reservation for you. It shouted me because the one who made the reservation also confirmed the reservation. We didn't have to walk in and prove who we were. He confirmed it on our behalf. Can I tell you, the one who has called you will confirm you to other people. The one who has made the reservation for you to go and reach other people will confirm that reservation for you. Here's my word for you. Be you. And don't feel the need to prove you to anybody else. Walk in your anointing. And don't worry about trying to prove to other people that you've been appointed by God. Be you. I, I, I prayed hard about this word. I prayed hard about it. I'm done. I prayed hard about it. In fact, let's stand. Everybody standing. I prayed hard about this word. And can I tell you what, what blessed me? Joshua, I, I prayed about this word and I said, God, what do you want me to say to these students? And I, and I, and I, and I said, God, what, what, what did I need to hear when I was in their seat and in their position? And then God dropped this word in my life. He, he dropped Acts chapter 9 in my spirit and said, this is what I want you to preach. So I believe the Holy Spirit was, was clear about what I was supposed to share. But y'all want to know what tripped me up? It wasn't just the word I thought you needed. It was the word I needed too. I was reminded in that moment that God does ministry to you before he does it through you. And so this is that moment. This is the moment for God to minister to you. This is the moment for you to allow God to confirm who he has called you to be. Listen, it's got to happen in you before it can happen through you. You got to let God give you the assurance before you can walk out in the world. Because if you walk out into the world looking for it, they're going to tear it down. They're going to cause you to question it. They're going to put doubts in your head. So here's my prayer for you today before you leave. I want you to leave sure about who God has made you to be. I don't want you to walk out of here looking to mom and dad to confirm who you are. I don't want you walking out looking for some church maybe one day to confirm who you are. 
I don't want you walking out saying that, well, the job I get is what's going to affirm you. No, I want you to walk out of here sure that God has called you. I want you to hear it out of my mouth right now that the spirit of the Lord is upon you. That he has anointed you to fulfill his purposes for you on the earth. That God has something special for you and he will give you the strength you need to do so. Listen, if that's you today, I just want to pray over you. I want, I, I want to invite you here in this moment right now. I want you to come to the altar if this is you today. If, if you know and you, you have heard clarity about what God is calling you to do, it doesn't have to be ministry. It can be anything. But you've heard God calling you to do something. And you want to leave today with the surety, with the assurance that God's called me. I want to pray over you today. I want to ask the Lord like he did for Saul, to fill you with his spirit. The spirit you're going to need to be to carry out the assignment. The spirit you're going to need to be strengthened in the moment. We're going to declare and we're going to ask God to fill us with his spirit. To pour out more of himself over us. So that we can be what he's called us to be. Pour out your spirit, Jesus. Pour it out in this moment, God. Come on, let's do it. Just begin to ask him to pour out his spirit on you. Begin to ask him to pour it out on you. In the name of Jesus. God, I pray that you rid us of insecurities. In the name of Jesus. We pray your rebuke against doubt. In the name of Jesus. I pray your rebuke against shame over our past. God, I pray your rebuke against shame over even stuff we're, felt we're dealing with right now. Pour out your spirit, God. God, anoint us afresh today. Anoint us to share your glory throughout the earth. Anoint us, Father, to infiltrate the darkest spaces of the world. Anoint us, God, to touch those in, in corporate America, God. Pour out your spirit, God. That's our prayer today. God, we don't need just more knowledge. We need your spirit, God. God, we don't need just more, more knowledge. We need your power, God. In the name of Jesus. God, I pray for that young woman that's in here today who's been battling with insecurity and battling whether she's good enough, I pray your rebuke against it in the name of Jesus. God, I pray and I declare that according to your word, your word says she is fearfully and wonderfully made. Your word says that she is a daughter of the king. Pray for that young man, God, in the name of Jesus who's wondering whether he's good enough or strong enough. I pray that he would know that he isn't, but you are. And that as long as he's got you, as long as your spirit is on him, God, he can do whatever you called him to do. Pray for that person today who's battling in this moment in school. God, they want to give up, but in the name of Jesus, God, I pray that you remind them that this moment is a part of their preparation. 
and that, God, if your spirit has led them here, your spirit will lead them through it, God. God, pour out your spirit. I pray for a filling, Father, of the Holy Ghost. One that enables us to do all of what you have assigned us to do, God. Have your way in us, Jesus. Everybody begin to just lift your voice and just ask him to pour it out. Pour it out. Pour it out in this school, God. Pour it out, Lord. Pour it out over the leaders in the name of Jesus, God. Pour it out, Jesus. Pour it out in Minneapolis, God. Pour out your spirit in the name of Jesus, God. Pour it out in the state of Minnesota. Pour it out in this country, God. Pour it out all over the world, God. Pour out your spirit in the broken areas, in the dark places, God. Strengthen us, Jesus. God, we confess apart from you, we can do nothing, God. Strengthen us, Jesus. God, we call to you, we come to you, Father. Bow down before you, Lord, because we need you, God. We humble ourselves before you, O King. And we beg you, God, pour out your spirit over us. God, help us to leave here never the same. Help us to leave here sure and strengthened. Help us to leave here knowing we have been called by you out of the darkness and into your marvelous light. That we've been called by you to take the gospel to the four corners of the earth. And we've been called by you to be change agents. What you call, you have confirmed. And that nothing can separate us from the love of God. Not height nor depth, nor affliction, nor trials. Nothing can separate us from your love. God, we confirm this. We, we declare our faith and our belief that this is indeed done. In the matchless name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, we give you the praise. Let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord.